It finally happened. It finally happened. It is white outside with oh, beautiful the snow, the snow, beautiful snow, the snow, the snow. My winter lover's heart is happy. I saw some pictures in this week's bulletin of kids in the snow. Uh, I'm not sure who took the pictures. In our bulletin? In our church bulletin. Of kids playing in snow? Yeah. I did not see that. Maybe it came from one of our youth ministers. Clearly, I should have read the bulletin better. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. Hello, Father Herb here with Michael. It's good to be with you all on this. And I have a big question for you. What's that? Did you see your shadow this morning? I <laughs> uh, I didn't really pay attention. I was kind of rushing out the door, but I... That, that's, what the, that's what Phil said, too. Well, truly, with a garage, it's hard to see your shadow because you just get... You come out of the house and you get in the car and then you pull out. Of course, I came here before the sun was up, so I did not see my You know, shadow. he always likes to let us know how early he gets to church. I might have still been sleeping when you got here today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get here. I, I like to work before people show up. Sure. Well, I'm glad you work at some point during the day. That's, yeah. That explains why we never see you working. You don't that. see me d- during the day. No. It's, <laughs> I, I, I like to have a mid, mid-morning break. Yes. I like to have long lunches. It's good. I, I, I think have, that's all I take, important. I take tea time. <laughs> Is this England? <laughs> you don't have to be in England to do it. Oh, you can have tea anywhere. And then, Actually, I, then I come back in the evening. I have never really been much of a tea drinker, but my wife has kind of gotten me more on tea in the last year or two. There's, tea, there's tea many for, tea for two. Many, yeah. Sometimes there's many. Well, she doesn't like coffee, and you know, I think drinking tea or coffee is kind of a social thing. It's always more fun to do it with somebody else. Yeah. Um, there's many different flavors out there that I I never knew. Well, I, I drink a lot of herbal tea because it's your name. Uh, herb, herb, herb. I, I had an herb garden at one of my churches, and the sign said "Herbs, herbs." <laughs> this is gonna be your next podcast. <laughs> Herbals with herbals. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, jump to the readings before we get ourselves farther uh, into the garden. If anybody's still left listening at this point, <laughs> they might have just pressed pause. By the way, speaking of left listening, lots of people loved your voices last weekend. I heard about that. I, uh, I, a few did tell me at mass. I, I just want. You were especially good as the unclean spirit. I'd like to thank the academy for that performance, as well as all of the people that have mentored me throughout the years. <laughs> I didn't really. It was a one take performance, so I only had one shot at it. Yeah. And I didn't know about it until. And you're not gonna miss your shot. But <laughs> I didn't know that I was doing it till five seconds before it started. But other than that, I felt well prepared. Yeah. Really. Well, we are well prepared today because we're going to take on Mark's Gospel, Chapter One again. Do you know how many weeks in a row we're reading for Mark's gospel? Mark's got not just the first chapter, but the gospel. No, chapter one. How many weeks we're reading from chapter one? Um, I'm going to guess three weeks. That was a complete guess. Well, we're reading the next three weeks, the 7th, the 14th, and the 21st. We're reading for Mark's gospel. All chapter one. Chapter one. And we've been reading from chapter one for the last three or four weeks. Well, I, I meant... We had that one week when we stepped out and did John's gospel, chapter one. In an effort not to look foolish, I'm going to amend... And it's too late. ...and say I was only talking about the future. That- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought that we were going to round up chapter one this week. 
Yeah, but we're not. I was wrong. How long is chapter one? How many verses? About, uh, well, we'll find out next week. <laughs> Stay uh, tuned. Because it, we end chapter one with verse 45 on the 14th of February. Okay. And then we start Lent, and the first Sunday of Lent is also from chapter one of Mark's gospel. The but temptation. We jump, but we jump back to verses 12 to 15. So that's the thing about going into the desert. Yes. Are we going to sing into the desert? I mean, is why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't it, we? It's in terms of picking music, it's a give me. What I would recommend people do, and I, I mean this most sincerely, pick up your Bible and let your fingers do the walking. Just go through chapter one of Mark's gospel. And you'll see how it encapsulates the entire gospel, everything except the passion. But it starts off with the baptism of John, you know, Jesus being baptized by, or John showing up, then baptism of Jesus by John, yeah. the very short desert experience, and then all these other passages we've been reading, you know, calling the apostles, uh, going into the synagogue last week, uh, Peter's mother-in-law this week, uh, the... Uh, the man with leprosy next week. And then once we get into Lent, it goes back and picks up the part that we had skipped about being in the desert. Mm -hmm. But it's a very powerful, but I think sometimes we get caught up on the little segments, which we read from week to week, but you want to see the flow. Why did John, or I'm sorry, why did Mark put all of these in the same chapter? That's the question you should be asking as you read it. That's a great question. Where do you find the answer? By study, by prayer, by uh, just listening. It's, it's like he put it all together because he's really setting the course for the entire gospel. Sure. This is the... He's setting out a bunch of different threads, and each thread is going to be followed up in one form or another. Dare we say, this is the overture. You're getting little melodic nuances. Did you know Andrew Lloyd Webber used to love to do that with one of his early pieces of music in his musicals? Yeah. You know... He's known for like the, the, the one song musical. Like he writes a whole musical, but there's like really only one song that anybody cares about. Poor Andrew. Yeah, like uh, Memories from uh, Cats uh-huh. or Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Uh-huh. But what he, he said he does is he sets the, the, the basic melody of that song early in the show. Uh-huh. So when the big number shows up, your mind says, oh, I know this one. It's very familiar. I already recognized the melody. Because, so like in Evita, um, the whole thing about Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, starts off with the very opening song, which is sung by someone else. Oh, what a circus, what a show. Uh, Argentina has gone to town and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember the next line. <laughs> I was impressed you knew that much, yeah. actually. Uh, but yeah, you know, the overture is always giving us little... Uh, hints of what is to come it's it's debuting all of the musical repertoire for the entire show so this is it mark mark was the original andrew lloyd weber okay yes and then (laughs) of course because of lent we're going to take a break during lent and much of easter season we'll do some parts of mark yeah but then wait we're taking a break we get lent off this year no 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 we're as we as church are stepping oh, aside yeah. from the sequential readings of Mark's gospel. I thought that was too good to be To be, be returned true. after Easter season. I'll be here, God willing. You better be. You you had your break for the year. It was called Christmas. 
That was called coronavirus. <laughs> and it was in 2020. That was last year. Okay. All right. If you want to, if you want to insist. Okay. So Mark chapter one, are we going to read this thing? We're going to verses 29 to 39. And uh, it's really four parts. And I'm going to read the first part. You're going to read the second part. I will read the third part. You're going to read the fourth part. Okay. That way people can uh, hear the difference. All right. And I'll let you know when the parts change. I figured you would. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. Well done. Thank you. No voices this week, but I still feel solid about that. I wanted to do that because sometimes we don't realize uh, the sequence that's taking place. It goes from the, the very specific, namely Peter's mother-in-law, to the general where he's healing all these other people. Yeah. And then there's a little break when he goes off and prays by himself in a deserted place, and then back to even going into the surrounding territory, uh, all of Galilee. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a movement that's taking place. The image that is most powerful for me is not just that everybody was coming to Peter's m- Peter's house, uh, but that he he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And it's a very beautiful, very tender moment. You know, so she's not just lumped in with all the other people he healed. It's sort of like Mark is saying, oh yeah, there were a lot of people, there's a lot of stories, but let's keep each one in mind by me highlighting just one of them, namely the mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know what, how she was sick, what form. It just says the fever left her. And she she probably felt so good she got up. I don't know if you've ever had that where you've been sick and all of a sudden you just feel really good again. Um, yeah, I would say that that it's been a while since a sickness like that, but where you have a fever and it, it kind of just makes yeah. you want to stay in bed yeah. and then eventually it breaks and it makes a drastic difference in the way you feel. My, sure. my brother was talking about, uh, I think it was last August or September, maybe somewhere in there when his son was hospitalized with COVID. Mm -hmm. So was his wife, but it was a story about his son and, and Bruce was pretty sick. And eventually he came home from the hospital and he stayed at Art's house. And the first couple of days, he just didn't want to do anything. He was just very passive lying around. Sure. Not seeming to be interested. And then one morning when the morning came, he just ran up, got up, and he was back to his old self again. It was almost like, okay, enough of that. I'm here. I am again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was like just from night to day, 
That's great. That's uncharacteristic of COVID. Usually it kind of dwindles. That was at least yeah, my experience. I mean, it just kind of slithers away. It, yeah, a little bit. And then comes back a little bit and then goes away. Yeah. It's it's an on and off again process. Just kind of like you caring about me or liking me. It's on and off again. Oh, I think the, the care is always there. The, <laughs> the like the, is the, questionable. The expression of it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed you when you were not here. Uh, you were gone, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, uh, but I love this painting. Uh, it's almost like a picture. He paints this image of the mother-in-law in bed. She's probably not only feeling sick, but she's also self-conscious because Peter and Andrew, of course, it's Peter's mother-in-law, so Andrew is the, the brother of Peter. So he's kind of there, and she probably knows him. Yeah. And then who are these, James and John? Those guys, those, those other fishermen hang around, and they brought Jesus too, and she's probably in, sick in bed. At the Bible study this morning, I said, when you're sick, do you want visitors or I was not, actually just thinking that. That's, this is the last thing this poor woman wants is all these men showing up in the house while she's not feeling well. She just wants to be left. I mean, I mean obviously... Jesus coming is fantastic. But the rest of them could have stayed outside. I remember once after surgery, one of my sisters stayed with me. Uh, she had planned to stay a couple of days. Yeah. And after about 24 hours, maybe 30 hours, we mutually agreed. There was no reason for her to stay longer. <laughs> uh, and she said, yeah, you're, you're doing fine by yourself. And I'm thinking, yes. And uh, you're, you're, you were really great to have a meal on for me when I came home from the hospital, but that's enough. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, can you tell he lives by himself? <laughs> I live by myself. Right. Uh, but that is a hard question. Sometimes you want, you want people to care. You want people to check in on you, but you don't necessarily need uh, people that take energy away from you. Yeah. Sometimes, and I've known some sick people who are always the host, even when they're sick. They, they want to make the other person feel like a guest. And that's, that was the concern for the mother-in-law, that, gee, she, were they imposing on her? Well, I like, in, in the same paragraph, the threefold um, verb that is used here, that Jesus approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. It's very visual in, in its imagery there. But then the next line, with my 21st century ears, then the fever left her and she waited on them. Yes. What on earth are these men doing? Let the poor woman that was just not feeling well. And I'm glad you said that because that's how many people, both men and women, take this. Yes. I am going to defend this line. Well, I know that I shouldn't be reading this with 21st century ears and eyes, but I am. I think it was. it's a sign that she was really healed. It's not like, well... Lady, you've had your chance to, to be sick a while. Now get back to work. No, oh it's not goodness. that. At, it's not that at all. It's rather, it shows that she was full, fully healed and not just limping around. It's not like one of the, you know, the 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 guilt thing. Oh, if you insist, I I can hardly move, but I'll get the meal on for you. Sure, that's what I usually say when it. If you really want me to come to work, fine. I guess I'll show up. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> I don't have a voice today, but let me do the best I can. My fingers can still play. <laughs> <laughs> Did no. you get any sympathy from your football injury or your uh, your curling injury of last week? No, no, that w- there. Everyone was silent on that. I, I don't think they believed that I got some sort of athletic injury, if you want to call it. Actually, let's be honest. It was an unathletic injury. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have happened to somebody who knew what they were doing. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay, as long as you didn't hurt your piano playing fingers. No, they're still there. All, All right. ten of them. And then it jumps from the single beautiful moment to they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. This was chaos. This was like crazy. You know, like, yeah. uh, can you imagine this poor lady? I, I hope she didn't think, boy, I fed, I fed James and John and Andrew and Peter and this Jesus person. You mean I have to feed everybody else too? You know, that's funny. I even read that during our our proclamation of it today, and I did not comprehend that the whole town was gathered at the door. And the sentence says, the whole, the whole town, town was, was gathered, gathered at, at the, the door. door. I mean, in some ways, this is a bit ridiculous. And it was evening. It was after sunset. That was before NCIS was on TV. <laughs> oh uh, there was nothing else to do. There was no Super Bowl, so they came to... Uh, they came to visit Jesus. Well, they knew Peter's mother-in-law was feeling better and she'd wait on them, the poor (laughs) woman. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this would be probably a lot of people, right? Well, yes. Of course, you know, it's written very dramatically. It's like when you say everybody is here, that doesn't literally mean everybody is here. Right, but even if it were dozens of people, that would still be a lot of people at your front door. It's a lot of people. That's why... uh, I think it's maybe the Zeffirelli film, Jesus of Nazareth, where he puts two stories together. The idea of the paralytic who was uh, let down through the roof. Mm -hmm. He puts it together with this one. So it's in Peter's house. And so Peter gets really upset. You're destroying my roof, letting down that paralytic. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. that. That's the way it's done in that movie, you know, where he... He takes a little poetic license. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew you were talking but, but about that. Really. But if everybody in town comes and they're bringing their sick. Now, what happened? Did Jesus just, uh, did he do kind of a, a, a general absolution for everybody? Did he heal them all at once or did he touch each person? Did he single them all out personally? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's the, the clue is that we have Jesus being very personal with the Mm mother-in-law. And so we want to apply that. Jesus, remember, Jesus is not about the miracle. He's about helping people believe in the miracle worker. So he probably would have personalized it so that they would connect with him Mm -hmm. and not just like, well, if if I'm close enough, everything's going to be fine. It's more like, let me touch your life. I love how Simon, uh, in the next section where we read, it says, rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. That's part three. And then Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, everyone is looking for you. And most scripture scholars will say this is a wonderful reminder that Jesus was not just trying to say, hey, look, folks, look what I can do. He also had a relationship with the Father. And certainly in seminary training and as a priest, we're always reminded, you know, 
we can do a lot of daily ministry. We can work with a lot of people. We can have uh, appointments late into the night, but that cannot replace having time with the Lord. We have to have prayer. When I hear the sentence, I also raise the question, what would a world look like where everyone is seeking Jesus? Now, that's a wonderful question. That really is. Uh, and your answer is? Uh, it's going to be in your homily this weekend? I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a wonderful question to ponder. I don't think you just have an answer that fast. Oh, I hope that, did that snap come through? That's, I think it did. That came through probably if people had <laughs> earphones on, suddenly they jumped. Um, but what would that look like? And, you know, in some ways talking about what you said in your homily this past weekend, it's easy to say, well, everyone else needs to seek Jesus. But it starts with me, right? It starts with each individual making the conscious decision to seek Jesus each and every day. And if we can be accountable to ourselves for that and accountable to one another. But here's the warning to seek Jesus, but not just seek something from Jesus. Oh, yeah. It's not a wish and list. So even though everybody's looking for him, doesn't mean they really even have the right motives. So he takes a, maybe a secondary motive. I, I want healing for my son or my daughter. And he'll, he might transform that to a better motive like, oh, come and follow me because I've got the words of eternal life, not mm -hmm. just life here on earth. Sure. That's, that's enough to ponder this week. Okay. If we if we do that, then we won't have a homily at all. I'll just play the the podcast. We really Tw are twenty three minutes of podcast. That's longer than a homily, folks. That's, I would, that's a couple of homilies. I would opt for the homily. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Thank you for the vote. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's been twenty three minutes. We're gonna head out and play in the snow, and see your shadow. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye.